From time to time, we've all let a careless comment slip. But today, Pastor Ray Bentley has a warning for those who continually let their words get out of control. If you have a tongue that is uncontrolled, you can literally start a forest fire in a human sense. You can devour multitudes of lives, and literally, it can be as hot as the fires of hell itself. Oh man, watch out the tongue. Spread the news of his people coming down before the king. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And too often, it's the inconsistency and iniquity within that bubbles forth and announces itself to all the world. Today, Pastor Ray gives us some insight that'll help us bridle our tongues. Glad you're along for our study. James chapter three, we're gonna be talking today about the power of the tongue. If you look at the, uh, the universe, let alone the universe, let's just look at the planet Earth. Who has the power of speech? The mountains talk? No. Rocks? No. Grass? No. Flowers? No. Trees? No. They're beautiful. Now the animals, they can communicate, but they don't have speech as you and I do. And mankind has this capacity not only to communicate truth and ideas and to make things, but even abstractly to describe feelings and emotions and levels of communication of who you are and what you think and how you feel on the inside to another human being. And the beauty of that communication is a reflection of God himself. God said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. Both male and female created he them with the power of speech. So this, this tongue that we have, the tongue of tongues, the highest use of the human tongue then, as we're made in the image of God, is praise. The highest use is to praise our Father who is in heaven, to glorify him, to worship him. With the tongue, you can praise God. With your tongue, you worship God. With your tongue, you adore him. With your tongue, you preach the word. With your tongue, you lead others to Christ. With your tongue, in the name of Jesus, you heal the sick. With your tongue, you're able to bless others in the name of the Lord. What an awesome privilege and blessing is this gift called the tongue. But at the same time, as James will now share with us, the tongue that same tongue can spread lies. That same tongue can literally break a human heart. That same tongue can ruin a reputation. It is therefore important to learn how to control our speech according to the nature of our Father who is in heaven. It's not only that you need to get saved, but our tongue needs to get saved, amen? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever, and, and be as honest as you can, have ever said something, words have come out of your mouth, and you regret that you said those things? Anybody with me on that? Woo! 
Have you ever had the experience where, you know, just you let it kind of fly or your emotions took over and words are coming out of your mouth, but even as the words are coming out, you're going, no, come back. But it's too late. And out it is. And then you feel like an idiot for, you know, a long time. What can you do? James is now going to use six different illustrations to give us various pictures of the tongue and its power. The, the bridle in the horse's mouth, the rudder of a ship. It can be like a fire. Uh, the tongue also can poison, uh, like a poisonous snake. It can be a fountain or a spring. It can also be like a fig tree. So let me read to you now verses one through four in that context. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many things. But if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect, or as I mentioned, complete mature man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits or bridles in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Now you have no doubt heard the phrase loose lips sink ships, but have you also recognized that loose lips also sink lives? Did you know that your tongue is the one member of your body that if it's not under control, because of something you said, force every other member of your body to defend itself. That's how powerful that little tongue is. And um, so he uses, even though the tongue is the, you know, a small member of our body, he uses analogies from nature, like the bridle or bit in a horse's mouth, uh, or the rudder of a large ship. It's small by comparison, but it's able to direct. He's talking about our need for our tongue to come under the wise hands and control of our Savior and Lord. Now, amazingly, with a horse, you can get a little 100-pound girl on a 1,200-pound horse with all that raw power, and because of her skill and ability, she can guide and direct that horse or literally leap over, jump over things. So also with a, a ship, it can be this monstrous ship. You have a tiny rudder. And with all the waves and currents of the ocean and the strong winds against that ship, that tiny little rudder under control can guide you and direct you to the place that you want to go. It is very, very therefore important that we give our tongues to the Lord and to the Holy Spirit. Now, having said that, let me also say, I wanna make this clear. I am not saying, and nor is James saying, that you need to control, in, in one sense, uh, what you feel. In fact, you can't control how you feel. Uh, there was a time when I thought, oh, you know, okay, now I'm a Christian. Well, I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. Well, it's not, it's not that you can't feel a certain way. There was also a time when I kind of thought being a Christian meant being nice. <laughs> No, being a Christian is about being holy. It's about being righteous. It's about being zealous. It's about being passionate. It's about intimacy. It's about relationship. In fact, the Bible, it doesn't say that, you know, you can't be angry. Some people, even in the world, have this weird feeling you become a Christian, you become a zombie, and you don't feel anything anymore. No, not so. 
And they have a hard time that God gets angry. <gasps> oh no, God gets angry. God has wrath. Yeah, well, how about you, buckaroo? <laughs> you get angry. In fact, may I say that it's human to get angry and it's human in the sense that God gets angry. In fact, there are some things that if you don't get angry about, are you even a human, are you alive? There are things that are despicable. There are things that are evil. There are things that are wicked. There are things that are absolutely just disgusting. They should never be perpetrated on another human being, period. If you don't get angry, something's wrong with you. But it doesn't mean, as again our culture says, oh, we're free and we live with our feelings and emotions and they just let it rip and they rip and they tear with their tongues up one side and down the other. It is a tongue, and that's what he says, a man that knows how well to use his tongue is that raw power, like a horse, but under the guidance of a wise and steady hand. Control, or a ship without a rudder is dangerous. But with a rudder, you can guide and bring its cargo or its passengers to its intended destination. So yes, and when you get angry, what do you do? You don't just let it fly through your tongue, but you hold your tongue. And, and when you have those moments of just rage and anger, you can feel it, but the control is you don't have to let it all come out. Oh, you're crossing your eyes, you're just walking, you wanna let it out. But you could destroy someone. You could destroy someone. Anger that is unchecked through that tongue can wound a little soul. And some of you, quite honestly, were ripped by a tongue of either a parent or someone older than you that it left wounds for a lifetime. We all have little eyes looking up to us, whether they're our own children or nieces and nephews, or younger in the Lord, or young people in general. And therefore, you, yes, you have that there, you feel it, but you bring it to the Lord. And that's why I encourage you in your daily devotions to read the Psalms. Many you know, don't, believers don't understand, they read through the Psalms. Here's David in the depths of despair, discouragement and depression. And the next minute he's angry and the next minute he, he's, you know, shouting hallelujahs and he's, he's telling the mountains and the stars and, and the animals and everything in the universe to praise God with him as he's shouting. And we think by studying it and reading it and taking notes, oh, that's fascinating, as if it was an, a mental experience. The Psalms are to teach you how to pray as a son of God, where you can let what's in your heart out in your prayer closet open before the Lord. That doesn't mean that every time you read a psalm, you have to feel exactly what David felt in that psalm at that moment. You may not be feeling angry, but he's teaching you and discipling you along with Moses and, and the others who wrote psalms how to pray. I am more convinced now that being a Christian will teach you how to be a real human being made in the image of God, not less of one. Amen? More honest, more open, more passionate, more emotional, more spiritual, more godly, and more trusting. You know, with that anger, again, it's like the, the little lights on your, uh, the dash lights that come up on your car. And sometimes it'll tell you you've run out of gas. You better respond to the light that went on or you're going to, you know, run off the side of the road without any more gas. I had a friend who had a brand new car and he was young and very excited and he thought, I don't really need to change the oil. 
So he waited. How many of you have had fathers that told you, you gotta change your oil, either every 3,000, 5,000 miles, and they hammered into you? Now my friend thought, ah, you know, it's a suggestion. <laughs> so he didn't change on his brand new Cherokee Jeep, his, he didn't change it for 50,000 miles. All he did is if it got a little low, and he always said, man, that stupid red light keeps coming on. I go, well, what do you do? He goes, I don't change it, I just add a little bit more oil and keep it you know, at that level. Well, at 50,000 miles, he turned the key and it wouldn't turn over, so he had to have it towed to the shop. And, and he says, hey, can't you fix it? And the guy goes, no. He goes, what did you do? And he goes, well, I, I don't know, I haven't changed it. He goes, since when? He goes, since I got it 50,000 miles ago. He goes, can't you change the oil now? And the guy goes, no, it's turned into, it's like a rock in there. You need a whole new engine. So when we have those lights come on that you're feeling angry or whatever, it's dash lights that you go to the Lord, and, but give him your tongue. Let it come under the control of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus Christ controls the tongue, then we can live and move with peace and joy and confidence. Amen? Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Our family loved Pastor Ray. He was witty, kind, and demonstrated completely what it was like to have a deep relationship with God. We are grateful that our family was able to come together at Maranatha our lives will forever be changed because of Ray's powerful messages. We rejoice because we know Ray is in heaven. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now, Proverbs 18.21 is in your notes. There's three Proverbs. I want to read them out loud together. Proverbs 18.21 first. Let's read this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. A bad example of that on the, on the poisonous death side is the classic example of evil Hitler. Talk about a guy who with his tongue ignited a nation into lies. This whole made up fairy tale of Arianism, racial prejudice, and then, you know, genocide and taking on the whole world. That, that is the power of the tongue that yet brought death. But we also have the power of life. Look at Jesus. He didn't have an army. He didn't have, uh, uh, he didn't have an organization. He didn't have buildings. He had nothing. Basically, all he had other than the clothes on his back were his words. He said, you Pharisees and scribes, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life and they are they which testify of me. Jesus, that's why you want to listen. That's why I read the Bible daily. I want to hear the words of Jesus because the words of the Lord Jesus communicate God and God is life. You don't just, it's not just for pastors to be reading the Bible daily. It's for every 
human being that loves Jesus to read the Word of God because it's life. The more you read the Bible, the more you are allowing life inside of you. And it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's over the course of days that turn into weeks, that turn into months, that turn into years, that turn into decades. And over a period of time, this life, you just feel it inside of you and it grows stronger and stronger. Proverbs 15.1, let's read this out loud. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. That's so wise. You don't just respond anger to anger, which is what a lot of people do, and fine, you're gonna be in fights a lot, your life. Soft answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 10, 19, let's read this. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. There are some people that in a tense situation, they just keep talking more and more and more and more and more, as if by their words, they will get out of this situation. But the Bible says here in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. You're gonna, you're gonna say something wrong or make a mistake or wound or offend someone. So hold it back, better to have not said it. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Now look with me in verses five through eight. He says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. If you have a tongue that is uncontrolled, you can literally start a forest fire in a human sense. You can devour multitudes of lives and literally it can be as hot as the fires of hell itself. Oh man, watch out the tongue. An illustration that I found in a couple of the commentaries about this and about how the tongue can start with a little fire that turns into this big deal is the Chicago fires of uh, 1871. I know it was a long time ago, but how many of you have heard of the, the big fire that happened a long time ago in Chicago? Here's what it says. At 9 p.m. one Sunday evening, October 8th, 1871, poor Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked over a lantern as she was being milked, starting the Chicago fire, which blackened three and one half miles of the city, destroying over 17,000 buildings. The fire lasted over two days, cost over 250 lives, did $220 million in damage, and when it was all said and done, of the 300,000 inhabitants of the city of Chicago, 90,000, almost one out of three, were left homeless. Now, so I thought, wow, what, a, what an amazing story. And then they also learned at that time, it's probably good not to build so many buildings out of all wood. But then they also said this. They said the traditional account of the origin of the fire is that it was started by a cow kicking over a lantern in the barn owned by Patrick and Catherine O'Leary. However, Michael Ahern, the Chicago reporter who created the cow story, admitted in 1893, over 20 years later, that he'd actually just made it up because he thought it would make colorful copy and wounded that cow's feelings all that time. Can you believe that? <laughs> I told you I didn't knock it over, but anyway. Psalm 39, verses one through three. Let's read this scripture. I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle, while the wicked are before me. 
I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. In other words, you see all the feelings, sorrow, anger. He goes, but I was silent, especially when unbelievers were there listening. And I took it actually before the Lord. And then finally, the last thing I did was respond with my tongue. You know, when we're little kids, little kids, you know, they say the first thing that comes to their minds and we laugh and it's cute when you're young, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, they yell in the middle of the restaurant. Okay, you know, and there's a, but there's an age, you know, if they're 35 and yelling that, it's not cute anymore, you know what I mean? <laughs> you have to learn how to control your tongue. This is a prayer of David, a hot head or a hot heart can lead us to say things that we will later regret. Let's close with verses 9 through 12. Actually, let me read verse uh, 7. It says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed. It has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Man, you go up to a fountain and it's got fresh, cool, refreshing water, It's either sweet and and life-giving, or if it's rancid, then it was that way. But in a sense, what what James is saying is that you and I, the analogy of being thirsty is, is a spiritual metaphor for men and women who are estranged from God, separated from God. They're thirsty. Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, let them come to me, and out of their innermost being will gush forth rivers of living water. In a sense, when you and I become saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, if we allow and grow in maturity and let our tongues bring life and stop wounding and offending and hurting and killing people with our tongues, if they become words of grace, of kindness, of gentleness, of encouragement, of comfort, of healing, of hope, of blessing, of life, and of the very words of Jesus himself, then we ourselves become mobile fountains in a world where people are dying spiritually for thirst for the living waters. We have them. And the tap and the spigot is right there with our tongue that we might bless others. Proverbs 18:4. the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. Let that be true of us. For that water is life-giving and our words can give life. Words are powerful words that honor the Lord. You can be a blessing to others. Amen. Great encouragement about an important issue today from Pastor Ray Bentley here on Maranatha Radio. Glad you're joining us for our current series in the book of James. Now, today's study is titled The Power of the Tongue. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com.
There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, The Cyrus Mandate and As the Days of Noah, both prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return. The whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.